And welcome back to the 18th episode of AI Guys Podcast. I am your host, Aram, and I'm joined right now with just uh, Josh and Tony. Uh, Park will be joining in a little bit, but uh, let's just get right into college football week 11. Uh, kind of a crazy week, uh, Josh, like I always want to do. I kind of want to start with you uh, with Clemson's win uh, or over uh, Louisville. Yeah, uh, last minute, uh, ended up getting a ticket. So uh, made it into this game, got to watch in person. Uh, it looked like the normal Clemson team for the most part. Defense, pretty solid. Run game was there. Uh, offense looked better. Uh, it's tough for me to say if that's because of who we were playing or uh, if it was just actually – the offense was clicking a little better. Uh, tough to say for sure. But, uh, I mean, it's definitely progress. You know, it's you, you want to see them bounce back after a, a, an embarrassing loss, honestly, I would say. So, uh, it's, it's a good bounce back game for them uh, to get right, I guess. And, uh, I mean, overall, uh, a solid game. Like, it wasn't a, a thriller, I don't think. There wasn't too much really – super exciting about it you know uh will shipley had an amazing run uh but other than that it was honestly kind of just the the same old clemson team from late you know good defense and a pretty good running game so um nothing too exciting but a win is a win and they extended the home win streak in the valley to 39 games i believe Wow. Yeah, that's a, an impressive uh, stat there and streak going. Um, but yeah, perfect. Uh, Clemson with the win. Um, going down the top 25. This is right now the current top 25. We don't have the updated list. It should be coming out maybe in the middle of the podcast, but uh, we'll have to go with what we have right now based off of last week's rankings. Um, we'll start with the Friday night football uh, on the 11th of November, uh, USC taking down Colorado 55 to 17. Um, and then into those Saturday games, Georgia taking care of business, Ohio State and Michigan both winning big. Uh, TCU with uh, a big win on the road, 17 to 10 against uh, Texas. Uh, we all saw Texas kind of uh, gaining momentum the last couple of weeks, but uh, that momentum was kind of stopped at home uh, by a 10 and 0 TCU team. So uh, they're very impressive. Uh, I'm sure they'll stay within the top four. Um, that's my prediction and I'm sure that'll happen, but uh, moving on Tennessee with a big win, 66 to 24. Um, and then Washington with uh, one of the biggest upsets of the year, um going to Oregon uh 37-34 win I wasn't able to watch it but I did watch the highlights and it was uh kind of impressive for them to keep up with Oregon at home uh, in that atmosphere but uh moving on LSU kind of squeaking out a win in Arkansas a tough place to play but uh, they were able to get the win on the road uh Alabama kind of fending off Ole Miss there at the end uh 30-24 and we just talked about it Clemson 31-16 over Louisville um UCLA getting upset against uh, Arizona uh, just watching this game, it was one of those uh, late night college football games that I always love to watch. Um, it was just tough for UCLA to not perform well uh, in the second half, uh, specifically in the game. Uh, Arizona kind of just uh, executed way more than uh, UCLA did. And Arizona came up with the impressive road win, uh, 34 to 28, um, and could uh, put a little hit to UCLA's uh, ranking this week. Um, Utah with a big win and Penn State um, with the shutout. Um, and uh, North Carolina kind of fending off Wake Forest on the road, uh, nearly escaping their 36 to 34. 
Um, NC State getting upset at home uh, against Boston College. Um, kind of watched it towards the end there, but uh, NC State um, did not produce a single point in the fourth quarter. Uh, and Boston College kind of completed their comeback. Um, UCF um, with a big win at Tulane, 38-31. Kansas State, 31-3 against the Baylor Bears. Um, Notre Dame, kind of impressive uh, last uh, three to four weeks coming up with another win. Um, they, they did keep it close with Navy, but to end up getting the win, 35-32. Purdue upsetting Illinois. That's two straight losses for Illinois. Not sure if they'll be ranked. Um, they take the loss, 31-24. Um, and then Florida State and Vanderbilt getting wins and Vanderbilt actually won on the road against the 24th ranked Kentucky um, team, which probably won't be ranked. Um, but uh, we'll start with the, any final final thoughts on the week. Tony, we'll start with you. All right. So we got this. I thought this was kind of a good story. Um, <clears throat> a player on Ohio State, his name is Cameron Babb. Um, he's battled four ACL injuries. Um, and he's, he's stuck with it. He's been named team captain twice. And, uh, even though it was in garbage time, uh, this past Saturday, he finally got in the end zone for his first career collegiate, uh, touchdown. So I thought that was really cool. Um, coming back from one ACL injury is, is impressive enough, but he's had unfortunately four, um, and to see him be able to come back and at least get a touchdown, I thought that was really cool. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway, I guess. Um, just kind of branch off you. Washington, very impressed with their performance on the road. And then, again, uh, UCLA, definitely very disappointing for them. Um, I think almost everybody would probably think that that would normally be a, a, a – that was that probably would have been like a sure win for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, clearly um, Arizona had other – at other uh, ideas and, and we'll see how far uh, uh, UCLA drops because that uh, that's a pretty ugly looking loss for their uh, season. For sure. How about and, you, uh, Josh? Yeah. What about you? Uh, honestly, nothing too much. I feel like as a Clemson fan, I'm watching these uh, games with my team very much in mind, you know? So it's like, like, I was surprised, I think, that Texas was even favored to begin with against TCU. Uh, and, like, part of me wants to see TCU win because I actually, like, I really like TCU. And and I feel like they're getting, like, the 2015-2016 Clemson treatment kind of. So, like, I, I kind of get where their fan base is coming from. But at the same time, like, I kind of want to, like, if Clemson's going to make the playoffs, we're going to need some good teams to lose. You know, so, like, Oregon mm -hmm. losing, that helps. This UCLA losing, that helps. You know, so, like, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting perspective I'm, I'm watching from now because I don't really know that we'll, we'll make the playoffs. I don't expect us to. But, I'm, like I said, at this point, I'm kind of team chaos, whatever, whatever gives us a shot of getting in. So, uh I don't know, but uh, an interesting week and some shakeups for sure. I'm uh, very interested to see uh, how these rankings come out with the new uh, playoff rankings. Yeah, and uh, like I said, we don't have those rankings just yet. Um, and to kind of go back on our picks, uh, Barker had two, um, Josh, you had five, Tony, you had three, and I had four. Um, mm, nice four. Oh, Josh. Yeah, oh. Killing it. Killing okay. it on the week. 
Um, and we have four weeks left, so uh, we better start nailing these picks here. And then yeah. I'll do our little count towards the end uh, and see where we uh, all fare off. So, um, Tony, with that being said, I mean, I don't have any anything really. Um, I kind of talked about it when I was going through the games. But, um, Tony, if you uh, have any news, any injuries, anything like that, you can take it away. Definitely. Um, so first of all, uh, we'll talk about Keaton Slovis, the quarterback for Pittsburgh. Um, he has said that he's not sure about his plans for 2023. Um, there was definitely a lot of um, possibility of him being a uh, NFL prospect this coming draft, this coming April. Um, he hasn't really decided what he's going to do yet. Um, so we'll see if he decides to maybe transfer again or come back for his senior year, kind of up in the air, a little bit weird with that situation, but it is what it is. Uh, some big news out of West Virginia this week as, uh, West Virginia has, um, let go of their athletic director, Shane Lyons. Um, he's been the athletic director there since 2015. Um, but they said that, a a combination of budget issues and the school's struggling uh, football program has led to him uh, deciding to move on. Um, they also, because of that, are still looking at uh, their their head coach, Neil Brown. So they're kind of deciding right now if they're going to keep him um, going into next season or not. So we'll probably find that out in the coming weeks, maybe the offseason. Um, some big news for Illinois, uh, probably their best player uh chase brown they're running back um right now he's out um for their big game against michigan this coming weekend um with a lower leg injury um but their head coach brett bielma did say that he uh, is kind of trending in the right direction i guess to play um he's he's accounted for over 1400 yards on the ground so definitely they'll need him if they want to go to uh, Michigan and try to get that upset. Um, Calif uh, the University of California, they have uh, fired their offensive coordinator as well as their offensive line coach. Um, they're in the midst of a six-game losing streak, so they finally decided to get rid of their offensive coordinator, Bill Musgrave. Um, as some of us know, he's he's has some NFL ties, so it's unfortunate for him that he's not even really doing well at the college level anymore. Um, and then the offensive line coach, uh, Angus McClure, um, was let go on Sunday. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, oh, yeah. Also, uh, really sad news um, over the past couple of days on the University or, yeah, on the university of Virginia. Um, three football players that were on the team were um, shot and killed by a uh, former University of Virginia football player. Um, Lavelle Davis, uh, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry were those that were killed. There was also, I believe, at least one or two more that are seriously injured. Um, the name of the player that uh, was brought into custody, uh, his name is Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. Um, so they have him in custody and, and whatnot, but uh, that's just um, really, really sad news. Uh, I, I think the, the players were coming back from a field trip on a bus and there was, um, I guess, a disagreement. And all of a sudden, I think, uh, I don't know the full details, but they said on the lines that uh, Christopher did um, have a gun on him and obviously used it. Um, 
There's also been some talks that with just two games left, Virginia might cancel the remainder of their season. So they have two more games um, this weekend and then the next weekend. Um, so we'll see what they decide to do. Um, personally, I would understand both ways. If they do decide to just stop playing, that's totally okay. I would accept that. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, really, really tough news and, and not something that you ever really want to hear about. But uh, just prayers to those families, uh, those um, affected, and, and you just don't want to see that. But that's really all the news that I have at the moment in time. Yeah, uh, well done, Tony, and that is uh, kind of hard to hear, but uh, we'll have to uh, kind of move on just with that uh, in our thoughts. But, um, yeah, these these games coming up here for Week 12, it's going to be kind of weird because I'm not sure if um, any of the rankings have changed. I'm sure they have. Um, so when I say some of these teams are ranked, like Illinois ranked 21st, I don't think they're still going to be ranked 21st in a couple hours um, when the rankings come out. But we'll just go down the schedule with what I got. Um, so far. Um, and we'll start with uh, kind of a weird one. Um, first ranked Georgia, I assume they're going to still be first ranked. They're going to be traveling to Kentucky um, and facing um, the Kentucky team that kind of took a brutal loss last week. Um, and I have the line here. I think it's yeah minus 22 um, and a half. And I just wanted to pick this game because I, I see Kentucky is still ranked, although they might not be. But um, Parker, welcome uh, to the podcast, buddy. Um, Kentucky looks like they're uh, favored to lose this one by 22 and a half points. What do you think? That is, that's almost an impossible number to go for. I, I don't know if I can, I mean, that's, they've got to be knowing something like, like you guys say uh, to make it that high. Um, hmm. I, I think I'll go, I think I'll take Kentucky to, uh, with uh, plus 22. Wow. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a large spread, but I mean, we're talking about a Kentucky team that just lost to Vandy at home, right? Like, uh, and we know what George is capable of. Uh, 22 is a lot. That is tough, uh, but I, I'll take Georgia to cover. That's tough, but I'll, I'll take Georgia to cover the 22. It really is. Um I think I'm gonna take the safe bet around. I'll I'll agree with Parker. I, I just think I don't know. It's just like Kentucky has a really good atmosphere, and I think they always make it tough on teams. But as you said, it is really hard to like go against Georgia because we know how great they are. Um, so I'll I'll take Kentucky plus twenty two and a half, but I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia blew them out either. So how about you, Ron? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because they do have a good atmosphere, but they've lost four games already. They're kind of out of it, but I don't I don't know how how well they'll show up. Um, but I think they'll they'll keep it within twenty two and a half. That's what I think. But um, I guess we'll kind of see. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll play it safe with you guys. Um, next up, we got uh, Miami traveling to Clemson, and um, yeah, looks like uh, the Clemson will have to try to keep their streak alive at home. Um, and right now, Parker, the spread is 19 points favoring Clemson. <laughs> wow. Um, I just want to shout out the safety. I think his name is Cam something or another on Miami. He leads the nation with six interceptions. Uh, just to throw that out there. Um, 
Ooh, Miami, they they played pretty good in their last game. Uh, still not – they're still really a letdown. Um, I, I think Clemson wins this game. What's the spread, Rob? 19 points. I think it'll be closer than that. I'll take Miami plus 19. Yeah, uh, lucky for lucky for uh, Clemson, we throw the ball like maybe fifteen times a game. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, run it thirty-five. So I don't know. Maybe that'll help us out. Uh, I definitely think Clemson can. Honestly, I think Clemson will win out the rest of this regular season uh, at home. I think they'll extend the home win streak. Uh, honestly, I myself don't know that. Clemson covers the 19. This one's tricky for me because Clemson's like five and five or something against the spread, like pretty close to, you know, even. But Miami is two and eight. Like they're really bad against the spread. So it, again, it's tricky to me because it just doesn't feel like this Clemson offense. It feels like it's a struggle to put up 20 points, let alone beat a team by. 20 you know so uh i think we beat uh louisville by like 19 or whatever the spread is for this week so honestly i'll i'll take miami with the points but i i fully expect clemson to win this game definitely uh over the past uh the recent history clemson has really owned miami i would say so definitely you got that going um god again yeah this this is one of those tricky like big point differentials that it could be close but you don't know um i'll because miami did play pretty well their last game against georgia tech but uh i'll you know i'll take clemson minus 19 i know that sounds bad but i i, I think i think clemson wins convincingly at home how about you around yeah, I'm kind of the same way uh, with the Kentucky game. I, I think it's kind of a tough spread to predict, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to play it safe again, and uh, I'll take Miami with the points. Um, okay, uh, moving on. We have, um, at the time, 16th-ranked NC State. They will definitely not be 16th-ranked uh, after they took a loss last week uh, to Boston College. They will be traveling to Louisville. Uh, Louisville is favored to win by four points. Uh, Parker, this is basically NC State's season right here. I'll take Louisville. You said Louisville is favored to win by four? Yep, by four, yep. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I know NC State kind of imploded, I guess, in that BC game, and, you know, they're down to, like, their third-string quarterback or something at this point. But, uh, honestly, I'll put my faith in the – NC State defense. This might come back to haunt me, but I'll say that uh, NC State. I'll take NC State with the points plus four, uh, and I, I, I could see them possibly even winning this game. Definitely, as, as as Rom said, this is kind of a a big game for NC State. Kind of a, at this point, any other loss is pretty much a disappointing season. On the opposite side, Louisville six and four. They definitely want to get to. Seven and four as well. They got a great dynamic quarterback, Malik Cunningham, who's, uh, by the way, he's their leading, obviously, quarterback, passer, and their leading runner. 
uh, has just over 560 yards rushing. Um, quick, so quick timeout. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, I forgot to mention Malik Cunningham left the Clemson game in the second half. He got he he took off on like a I think it was supposed to be like a hail mary to end the first half, and I think he just took off scrambling, picked up like 40 yards or something ridiculous, but then he got tackled, and I don't think he came back. He didn't play the second half. Uh, so uh, I don't know if. He's going to be on the injury report or not, but that's definitely something to consider. Definitely. I don't see anything, but I I believe. I'm switching. Ooh. He's day-to-day right now is what I'm reading. He'll play. He'll play, yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, I think I'll take Louisville at home as well. I just – I don't trust NC State right now, so I'll take Louisville minus four. How about you, Rome? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the, the same uh, prediction there. I'm taking Louisville. I don't know too much about them, but I know that NC State is kind of broken at this point. Um, so I, I'll take Louisville at home. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have um, 11th-ranked Ole Miss. The, again, won't be 11th-ranked after um, they – Took a loss. Yeah, they took a loss to Bama. Um, They're actually favored on the road against Arkansas, who played um, LSU pretty tough at home. Uh, Ole Miss favored to win by two and a half on the road, Parker. Hmm, yeah, I think I'll take I'll take Ole Miss in this one. Minus the yeah, two and a half. Yeah, these uh these are two teams that early in the year uh, I hyped up because I thought they could actually. Uh, make some noise in the SEC. Uh, unfortunately, kind of wrong on those. But uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, K.J. Jefferson, the starting quarterback for Arkansas, did not play against LSU in that game, I don't believe. Uh, That's I don't know if he'll be back or not. Honestly, don't know if it's going to change my prediction either way. I think I'll, I think I'll take Ole Miss here. I was thinking the exact same thing. I just think uh, Ole Miss at this point has a little bit more to play for. They they, they want to come back from that tough Alabama loss at home last week. I'll take uh, Ole Miss on the road as well, minus two and a half. How about you, Ron? Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm uh, with you guys. So uh, Ole Miss covering. Uh, next up, we have uh, eighth ranked USC at UCLA. This should probably be a little bit uh, better here. Uh, maybe a game of the week. Um, we'll see, but. Uh, right now, USC is getting two and a half on the road against UCLA Parker. Ooh, um, I will take uh, USC in this one on the road. Um, you know what? I'll I'll go with the hot take. I guess I'll take UCLA here. I'll say that the conference game, uh, you know. USC, they found ways to win so far. I guess you could argue about their competition level in the Pac-12, but uh, I'll I'll go with UCLA to, to pull the upset here. Hmm. What you got, Tony? You know, I don't know why, but I, I think I'm going to go with UCLA as well. I just think that they're, like, so – motivated by their loss this past weekend at home and like how embarrassing that was. I think they have a huge chip on their shoulder with the, the, the bigger USC um, team coming to town. 
they always hear it every year, USC this, USC that, and they kind of have to just put up with it. So I think I think you see it. Five, four, three, two, one. Tony, just in case we didn't get that on the recording, what is your prediction? Sorry, buddy. Not a problem. So I think I'm going to go UCLA um, at home with the upset on this one. I think USC, um, great team, but I just think UCLA is just a little bit more motivated with their tough uh, up upset loss this past weekend. And I think they're just tired of hearing about USC. So I think they come ready to play. I'll take UCLA plus two and a half. How about you? Perfect. I mean, if you guys want to know what the over-under is on this, it's 75 and a half points. <laughs> oh my God. I think we're in for a shootout. And I think the last time UCLA got into a crazy shootout was against Utah and they actually came uh, on top. So I, I want to take UCLA. I thought USC struggled um, a little bit in the first half against Colorado uh, of all teams on Friday. And um, I think there's kind of a kink in the armor for them a little bit. And I think UCLA, like you said, Tony, they'll be motivated to come out um, and I'll, I'll take them uh, at home, but uh, should be apparently a shootout um, should be fun to, should be a fun one to watch, but uh, moving on last game of the week that we will predict um, it's going to be Utah visiting Oregon and Oregon going to be three point favorites at home. Park. Now is Bo Nix playing? Does anyone? Know I would that? assume so. Because he was out. He got hurt last game, right? Yeah, looking into it now. I don't believe uh, so. He played the entire game. He did? No, it Washington. says he left. He left with a right leg injury. But um, return, I think he should be okay. I thought he was at the end there. Oh, well, maybe he came back in. I don't know. I thought well, regardless. Anyway, um, yeah. I think I'll take Oregon to Oregon to uh, bounce back. I, um, sorry, Josh. Before I get to you, uh, sorry, Parker. Um, so the coach says I'm not going to share really any update with anyone. So uh, that's 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 <laughs> great. And that's okay. great, everybody. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. Who who are they playing? Utah. Utah at home. Utah. At eight home. and two versus eight and two. Eight and two wow. versus eight two. Wow. Um, I will take. Uh, I'll take. I'll still take Oregon at home. Yeah, this one. Mm, I feel like I could see it going either way, but I'll. I'll take Oregon at home as well. Yeah, as Parker said, uh, just like that nice rap, that rap lyric. Last night I took an L, but tonight I bounce back. I think Oregon bounces back. Um, so I'll take them minus three at home. How about you, Rob? Uh, Bo Nix is going to have to cut that log off if he can't go and just get in there. So this is, I mean, this is so big for their season. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to be after their loss against Washington, but um, mm -hmm. be, they're, they're kind of still in the thick of things here. And I don't think Bo Nix is um, not going to play. So um, perfect. Um, moving on, we have some NFL action to recap. We will go over... Uh, week 10, once I get into everything here, um, we will start with Thursday night football. Give me a second here. 
We will start with the Panthers hosting the Falcons, and they come up with a win, 25 to 15. This division has been kind of unpredictable at times, but uh, the Panthers come away with a win at home. Um, in Germany, we have Tampa Bay um, coming up with a win against Seattle, 21 to 16. Tony, we'll, we'll stop with this one. We'll send it over to you with your thoughts on the game. I thought it was a, a great win there in Munich. Um, it wasn't pretty. Um, I thought the defense played outstanding for three quarters. Um, I mean, to hold Seattle to three points, I think we've seen them score, you know, definitely more than 30 points, uh, more than not in this uh, this season. And I think the defense did a really solid job of keeping Geno and kind of limiting their ability to, to get yards. Um, I thought the offense could have been a little bit better. I thought scoring 21 points is still good. Um, but definitely I think they missed their opportunities and they still looked a little sloppy here and there. Um, I, I didn't like that trick play where uh, they tried to get it to Tom and he slipped and fell. That was just a complete disaster. Um, so I'm glad they didn't run that play again. Um, but finally, I can say this, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ran for over 100 yards in a game. So that's awesome. I uh, got 161 yards on the ground. Finally can say that. I've been talking about how that's been one of their main struggles of why they've been losing a lot, just not been able to get a lot of production on the ground, but they did. Um, I thought Tom Brady was pretty efficient. Um, he did have the one pick, but I thought, you know, 22 of 29, that's pretty solid. Um, and then uh, a big game from Rashad White. Um, he didn't get in the end zone, but 105 yards rushing. I mean, that's that's a pretty great uh, stat line to ask for, especially in the NFL. Um so yeah, it's uh it's kind of nice. Uh, got a two game uh, win streak now, so maybe we'll keep the momentum rolling. But uh, I thought the defense came up big when when they needed it, and then the offense uh, definitely did did their job there to kind of salt the game away, not give Seattle any opportunities there in the last couple of minutes. So uh, big win, and uh, just keep the momentum going, I guess. Yeah, and I've, I, I was listening to a podcast and heard about a couple, uh, I heard from people that were actually at the game and talked about the atmosphere there. It was like a Super Bowl and just watching the game, it was crazy. They were so into it. And after the game, they didn't. the fans didn't even leave for like 10, 15 minutes. So I'm sure they want more action back there and I'm sure we'll give it to them. But um, yeah, thanks, Tony. Um, moving on, we have uh, the Lions and Bears. Parker, kind of um, second week in a row talking about an unfortunate loss, but still some uh, shiny uh, performances loss. in the loss. Fortunate <laughs> loss, sure. Not unfortunate, a fortunate <laughs> loss. The Bears have had the two best losses in the NFL this year, which is a crazy thing to say. But if you're a Bears fan, you don't want to have the 15th pick just for the sake of going eight and nine or going six and you know, 11 or whatever, the, the one win is not going to change or make or break our season. We're already four games in the hole. There's no, there's really no reason to win. Um, so I, I, all these Bears fans that I see, they're all upset. It's fine, you guys. We, we literally have the sixth pick in the draft if the season were to end today, and that's pretty elite talent. So um, would you trade that uh, that pick to, to move back? to like 12 to say that we beat the lions. Uh, I don't think I would, but um, the game itself was uh, a, a another high scoring affair. 
Uh, Justin Fields running for his life again, 147 rushing yards this week, um, which is just absolutely insane uh, to see from uh, your quarterback. But uh, it's like the first time ever in like the history of the league that like uh, the quarterback has had like that many yards in back-to-back weeks of running the ball. I mean, it's never happened before. And I mean, the run that he had, I mean, he, I would have loved to know the speed that he got to on that first, uh, on his, his second touchdown run. I mean, he split the defense and he was gone. And I mean, that was one of the, one of the, the, the plays that I'm going to, you know, remember from the season for sure. If not, it's only week, what, eight or week 10 or something like that. So it's really nice to see that uh, from your quarterback. Uh, another interesting stat, Chase Claypool, 19. Uh, he, he only was in the game for 19 plays. So I don't know if that has to do with uh, him trying to learn the offense or just situation, situational games or what. But last week he played 26 snaps. This week he played 19 snaps. So he's really not getting involved in the offense too much. Uh, not really concerning, though. Um, Honestly, I don't want to really want to win these games and he gives us a better chance to win. So I'd rather have him stay on the sidelines for now. Um, and uh, this game running the ball, uh, we've it's our fifth straight game of running the ball for 200 yards or more. And also fifth straight game of running the ball for 225 yards or more, which has never been done before, uh, I believe, since they started tracking stats way back when. So that's. Um, kind of an insane thing to say from a three and seven football team uh, in 2022. Uh, we lead the we lead the league in like rushing or something like that. But it's it's really it's just really insane. Justin Fields, I believe, is I, I think he's sixth or seventh in the league in rushing. I mean that is insane. I think he has 700 yards. Lamar Jackson's record-breaking season uh, when he when he won MVP. I think he had like 11 or 1200 rushing yards and Justin Fields is really not that insane to say that he could reach that mark this year and, and break the record. So that, that's uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, definitely uh, the defense, um, you know, nothing really needs to be said about them. We kind of understand. We, we know what they are. Um, they absolutely got, got eaten up in the third and fourth quarters of this game uh, on the fields for long, long, long drives and just not getting off the field when we need to be long third and 15s, third and 12s, can't get off the field. Uh, Jalen Johnson struggling since he's came back from injury um, in pass coverage, getting beat by some 85 on the Lions, some TJ Hawkinson replacement getting getting burned on really deep plays by some tight end, and that's kind of concerning to see. Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker are really showing a lot of fight from the safety position, like I mentioned the, the previous weeks. Eddie Jackson said it, that it eats him up inside to um, be uh, allowing this kind of, of, of defense and just allowing them to just run down their throat like it's nothing. And, you know, obviously they've got to get, they've got to get that figured out in, you know, the off season, but uh, another loss, um, honestly, I'm okay with it. Um, don't really necessarily want to win games this year more about uh, seeing the development of fields. And I think as Bears fans, we can finally say that we're seeing the development uh, right in front of our eyes. Just want to throw some quick stats out there for you. His first four games th this season, he was 34 of 67. 471 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions, 
passer rating in his last six games, 88 of 141, 1,018 yards, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions, and a 99 passer rating. So definitely seeing a ton of improvement in the passing game uh, from him. Uh, just because he's not putting up 300 yards in a game. I mean, he's, he, if you look at the stat line, I mean, I think he only completes, you know, 17 to, to 20 passes a game if that. And, I mean, how can you really get up to those kind of yards? And his receivers don't, you know, create that much separation. I mean, we've seen a play to Cole Komet, who another player I want to shout out. Uh, I think he has like five touchdowns in the last three games, uh, which is kind of insane for a guy that, we you know, we thought might get, you know, you know, this, <laughs> this off season. So uh, just a, a, a very, a very nice, a nice offense to see. I hope Luke gets, he doesn't get signed as a head coach this off season. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Wanted to interject on this. I, I looked it up uh, on the NFL site, their next gen stat of the game. It says Justin Fields reached a top speed of 20.15 miles per hour on his 67-yard touchdown run, which is his seventh carry of 20-plus miles per hour this season, which is most in the NFL. Justin (laughs) Fields has seven carries of 20-plus miles per hour. All other quarterbacks have combined for nine exceeding 20 miles per hour. So. That's our next gen stat. Uh, right on the list. <laughs> he got up there, definitely, for sure. Um, yeah, Parker, you have your, yeah, you have your quarterback playing well, and I mean, you just want to keep him healthy to the end of the year, and then you go into the offseason, kind of, kind of happy about uh, where the team's headed, but obviously a lot of stuff that needs to go on during the offseason. Um, but they do have plenty of money, so I mean. Um, get away with the, the losses this year, get a good draft pick and build from there. And we'll see what the bears can do, but, um, definitely some good. I'd also just want to shout out one more player, Jack Sanborn. Uh, he did a, he had a great game on Sunday. Just want to throw this stat out there. Uh, Roquan Smith, uh, his first 10 tackle multi-sack game came in his 27th start. Meanwhile, Jack Sanborn did it in just his second career start on Sunday. So just want to throw that out there. Um, Roquan Smith, I don't know, looks like he's been easily re- replaced. I mean, I know uh, it's not like he fits in there and he's like an all-pro, or I'm not saying that or anything like that. But, I mean, we've got a solid guy who can who can play linebacker. So Yeah, and I'm sure um, they're kind of picking up the pieces, too, after trading a, a few key pieces away. But – um, and it, it can all be solved in the offseason. They have a lot of money to do it and uh, draft uh, capital as well. So um, perfect. Well, moving on, um, we got my game. I mean, uh, I don't know really what to say at this point. The Vikings were down, um, I think, 10 to 24, 20, 24 to 10 on the road in Buffalo. I think it was 27, 27 to 10. Uh, looking at the box score now, they scored 14 in the first quarter um, and then 10 in the second um, and they went into halftime um, with a 24 to 10 lead um, in the first half. I mean, Josh Allen did Josh Allen things. He was incredible. He was mobile. He was converting long third downs. Um, and it kind of just looked like they would take the game away. But in, in the second half, we kind of saw the Vikings come together again and then again and then again and again. And then in the fourth quarter, scoring 13 points on the road, including a CJ Ham touchdown. 
Um, and then obviously that debacle in the end zone uh, where the Vikings turned the ball over um, at the inch yard line or the one yard line, whatever you want to call it. And then they, they turn the ball over. Josh Allen gets it, fumbles the snap. Um, and then Eric Kendricks falls on the ball. They get a touchdown. And then uh, Josh Allen marches right down the field. Everyone is saying it's the game of the year. Um, to me, it's just another um, heart-wrenching game and just another uh, heartbeater. I just I don't know how to explain it. When the game went into overtime, I was fully expecting something really bad to happen. Um, and it was. Uh, the Vikings end up getting three points on a drive where I thought they could have won the game. Um, and Burke, I'm surprised you didn't come up uh, with any takes about the officiating because it was pretty bad. Maybe we can go over that a little later. Um, but uh, you know, honestly, we could have our own segment about that. My it God, it would take it would take forever. <laughs> I'm sure we'd be fast asleep by the end of it. But just want to point something out. I mean, overtime, uh, Vikings could win win the game on a certain play in the red zone, and there's 12 guys um, on Buffalo's side that went uncalled, um, and then a couple of uh, other calls as well, uh, like the Gabe Davis catch. But I'm sure Barkley, you have uh, a lot more that you can talk about for your team, but. Um, still a, a big missed call. The Vikings end up getting three, and then here comes Josh Allen in overtime, uh, leading the team back with the clock kind of going down. And I think um, that kind of went into the decision to kind of go for the win for Josh Allen. But Patrick Peterson with the second pick of the day, I don't remember the last time a Vikings cornerback had two picks uh, in a game. So we're definitely getting the best of Patrick Peterson. It's coming at um, a really good time because the Vikings are playing together um and they end up getting three takeaways in buffalo so they're they're scoring points on offense they're getting takeaways on defense and they're playing complimentary on special teams and it's gotten them to an eight and one record so uh kind of just incredible to see uh i always predict the vikings to to kind of blow it for me and i'm and i'm not going to stop because uh, I've, I've learned to, to not really keep your head high i mean just kind of go with the flow here it's they're eight and one it's incredible to see but still a lot of season left uh they face a good cowboys team coming up uh who lost in green bay so i'm sure they're not going to be taking that uh lightly at all but um a couple of notes i wanted to include christian derisaw he went out early or i think maybe towards the, the second half he went out um, with a concussion and blake brandle who's been on the practice squad for two years came in um, and actually played pretty well and he had a grade of 80 percent uh passing um i think a passing block win rate so he protected kirk's blindside in the second half and that's when kirk cousins kind of made uh, a bunch of really nice throws in overtime towards overtime in the third quarter as well um but blake brandle kind of an unsung hero at left tackle uh replacing christian derisaw um and another thing i want to talk about tj hawkinson again um kind of fitting that final puzzle piece for the vikings on offense he's getting a ton of targets he's converting them he's winning um like i said when we first acquired him kevin o'connell's looking for a guy who wins uh his one-on-ones and he's definitely doing that as well um and i guess i have to mention it but uh one of the greatest catches of all time uh by justin jefferson so um, and if they didn't, if they don't convert that, if the guy bats the ball down, if he pulls the guy away, I mean, the Vikings turn the ball over and the game's over. So that catch um, just is incredible at that time. Um, so just, I don't know, it's a fun game. It was heart wrenching. I was shocked at the end. I couldn't even speak. I don't know what to think, but I am overall happy that we're eight and one still uh, a lot of games to be played. 
but at the end of the year, I can kind of look back at this one and be like, wow, that really happened. But um, perfect. Moving on. What a game. Uh, what a week so far. Um, and another week where the Broncos don't score 18 points and they lose. Um, in Tennessee, losing 17 to 10 uh, to the Ryan Tannehill led Titans. And then uh, the Chiefs with a big win, 27 to 17 over the Jaguars at home. Uh, and Josh, your Dolphins looking really, really good, clicking on all cylinders. It's not always going to be Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. It's going to be newly acquired Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, who's super, super fast on the ground. And they just pounded uh, Cleveland all day. So I'll let you take this one away. Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit one of my main talking points there. This was probably the Dolphins' most balanced offensive attack that they've had all season. Uh, I think, like, the difference between running and passing plays was at one point in the fourth quarter, it was only, like, about five five more passing plays than rushing plays. So a very balanced attack. And it, it was kind of odd to see that, you know, we didn't really – have to rely on Hill or Waddle because it felt like every other run they were breaking for, you know, 10 plus yards. I think the Dolphins averaged over five yards a carry and up until garbage time or halfway through the fourth, Jeff Wilson was averaging like seven a carry or something. So, I mean, when you can rush the ball as effectively as they were, uh, it, I mean, it makes, you know, everything – I would say offensively easier. So uh, a very balanced attack. And then once we're up two or three scores, then like I, I know that it's pretty much over because Jacoby Brissett's not going to throw you back into a game. You know, that uh, that offense is predicated on Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb as a, as a really good one-two punch. And the Dolphins' defense is actually, you know, for them to have had all the holes in their secondary, the addition of Bradley Chubb, has has really helped. I think the Dolphins generated pressure on 40, 44% of dropbacks or something like that. So uh, the defensive line was finally starting to get a lot of pressure. And even before Chubb, uh, the rush defense was one of their stronger points anyways. So we were able to really shut down the run. Uh, like I said, probably one of the, the Dolphins' most complete games uh, that we've had this season. Uh, zero punts this game for the Dolphins. So uh, Thomas Morstead could have showed up in uh, in his pregame attire and he'd have been fine. Uh, so that was honestly pretty crazy. And uh, I just saw a stat that said uh, Tua joined Dan Marino as the only two quarterbacks in Dolphins history to have three straight games of three-plus passing touchdowns. So uh, – Check out Tan Marino doing his thing. And uh, like I said, we ran the ball well, spread the ball out well as, as well. I think he had, you know, like five or six receivers with multiple receptions at one point. Um, and so uh, Trent Sherfield's been an unsung hero as a wide receiver, and Jeff Wilson has been huge for us. He's been arguably more impactful in the small sample size of two games than Bradley Chubb has been. Uh, Bradley Chubb has elevated our defensive line as a unit, but Jeff Wilson, he he had like 35 rushing yards over expected or something like that, if you really get into the advanced stats. But he's he's been big. So 
uh, offense is clicking, and uh, I'm I'm optimistic. So uh, a good win, uh, you know. But uh, going into the bye week, actually, that's right. So no no game for us this week. So uh, a good win to you know go into the bye leading the division, I believe technically right now. So um, hopefully the guys can rest up, and uh, you know we'll we'll be able to come back out hot after the bye. Yeah, and something uh, interesting I saw Josh in their um, post game uh, locker room celebration. Um, the the coach he kind of pointed out how well two was playing. So I mean, if there's any MVP candidate out there, I would put a vote in for Tua because he he deserves it, especially after all the crap he's been taking over the off season. Um, and he's really playing well in the system he's in. So um, MVP caliber Tua Tunga Bailoa. Uh, it's kind of crazy to hear, but it's happening. So. Uh, good for you, Josh. Uh, moving on, uh, the Giants kind of fend off the Texans late there, 24 to 16. Uh, they're running the ball a lot with Saquon Barkley. If they, if they want to preserve him a little bit, they're going to have to calm, calm it down. I think he was up to 30 some uh, touches throughout the game. Um, so it's a pretty high number, but they get the win. Uh, the Steelers uh, with a big win, not really big, but uh, 20 to 10 over the Saints who are just lifeless at this point. Um, so the Steelers are still kicking. Uh, the Colts finally get the run game going. My boy, JT, uh, on the road against uh, the Vegas Raiders, who are broken. Jeff Saturday gets his first win at um, as a head coach for the Colts. And um, Jim Mersey feels like he has made the right move. And, I mean, he gets to get, get keep this W for the rest of the week. And uh, they, they face a tough Philly team next week. So we'll see how they fare then. But they get the nice win uh, on the road against the Vegas Raiders. Um, who are not going to fire um, uh, Josh McDaniels? It looks like it looks like they're going to be uh, sticking with him uh, for the future since he was handpicked. But um, they are str- definitely struggling, uh, two and seven at this point of the season. So definitely rough. Um, the the Packers getting back on track, uh, big at home against the Cowboys, thirty one to twenty eight in overtime. Um, big win for them. And then the Cardinals 27 to 17 over the lifeless Rams. They lose Cooper Cup. Uh, we can go into that a little bit more, but uh, the Cardinals uh, now four and six. Um, and Sunday Night Football, the 49ers uh, ended up taking down the char- Chargers 22 to 16. Um, and kind of same story. It feels like the Chargers are just kind of average at this point. But um, Monday Night Football, we have the Commanders coming in. Nobody giving them a chance. I don't even remember, remember what the line was. Looks like it was Philadelphia by 11. Um, how about the Commanders um, taking that um, and taking the win uh, on the road in Philadelphia in those conditions? Um, so they get the upset win on Monday Night Football. Um, any final thoughts from you, Parker, on the week? Um, I mean, you know what I feel about the refs. I'll just mention it really quick and just say that they need to give me way more consistent um, in what they're calling. I mean, we're seeing plays, illegal hands to the face where there is none. But then later on in the game, I see uh, the Bears center getting getting his whole head pushed back and there's no flag at all on the, on the play at all. And we've seen in the Monday night game a blatant face mask. I mean – how did they not see that? I mean, he literally had his 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 hand was this far down deep in the guy's face mask. His whole glove was in the, in his face mask, and they didn't call it, and, re, and it resulted on a play that drastically changed the momentum in that game. So and an injury uh, too. And an injury, yeah, exactly. He's out with a 
sh- a shoulder injury. So it's just, uh, it's just sad to see that we we still are talking about this years and years after, you know, some stuff happened. Josh mentioned the Rams uh, controversial pass interference. It's just, it's, it's got to get better. It's, they've got to be held accountable or they've got to have, they've got to change the rules or something because it's becoming, it's, it's becoming almost like you're waiting for it to happen in games and we shouldn't be. Yeah. It feels to me like it's, it's a discussion that happens every year. It's just a matter of how far we get before what's wrong with the refs comes up, you know, like it feels like I said, it, yeah, I mean, Parker nailed it. It feels like there's a lack of consistency, but again, we had this conversation at some point every year and it feels like nothing changes. So I guess it is what it is. Uh, like, uh, my girlfriend's an Eagles fan, but last night I was really rooting for the commanders. So, uh, you know, the 72 <laughs> dolphins can, can take a sigh of relief now, uh, now that there's no, no more undefeated, but, uh, I don't know. Overall, uh, a pretty good week for, for the, the league, I'd, I'd say. Also, uh, wanted to throw it out there. I looked up the like the, the NFL's next gen stats of the game for all of our teams' games because I mentioned my team and uh, Parker's. I didn't get around to either of y'all's. Aram, yours was that Dalvin Cook had the third fastest uh, top speed in the NFL this season on his long rushing touchdown. It was twenty-one something miles per hour. And then, Tony, I think yours was something about how Tom Brady has now won a football game in four countries, and he's undefeated. He's 4-0 in international games. Uh, so he's he's won in Germany, London, Mexico, and the U.S. So check him out. Definitely. That was, I, I thought I remember seeing that, and, yeah, that was that's just crazy to think about. Um, kind of my, my thing, uh, kind of going back to to what Aram said, uh, the Denver Broncos, um, if they scored 18 points every game this season, they would be eight and one. Uh, and instead they are three and six because of their struggling offense. So shout out to their defense for actually keeping them, uh, somewhat in games, but yeah, their offense just always finds a way to not come through for when their team needs it, but. I just thought that was kind of crazy. They could be eight and one if they scored 18 points. I find a game. it strange that they trade ba- Bradley Chubb. Don't you guys find that kind of strange? They did get a lot back for him. So, I mean, I don't know if they yeah, think that they're not going to make the playoffs, but definitely weird. It just seems so weird that a team that seems so win now that they would trade someone like that away. I mean, I know they, they don't have a first round pick next year. So maybe that's the play. Mm hmm. Do you got any last thoughts, Aram? Uh, nothing on my end here. It's uh, It was a fun week, but, um, yeah, the Saints just kind of feel odd. They, they're not even giving the ball to Alvin Kamara at this point. They're kind of just letting Andy Dalton air it out, which I don't know if this, it's, that's the best recipe of success, but uh, I don't want to sit here and talk about the gosh darn Saints for the next uh, five minutes. But, um, Wait, the what? Nolan. <laughs> Nollins. Ah, <laughs> it just feels like there's no more juice with that. They're not good. So it's like, oh, man, I don't know. Oh, yeah, but Chris Olave is. 
He is, and I don't know if you see if you, if you saw this, but Andy Dalton threw him a suicide pass on the sideline, which almost got him killed. Mahomes threw Juju a hospital ball. Pass too. <laughs> Oof, man! As the weather gets colder, these hits are going to get even harder. So, um, and they're going to sting just a little bit more. But uh, we have four teams on by uh, Josh, just like you said, your Dolphins, and then we got the Seahawks and Buccaneers, who just played in Germany, and then the Jaguars. So. Um, four teams on by Parker. You have any uh, news, any injuries, any updates? Yeah, I've got a few things to talk about. We'll start with Cooper Cup, who lands on IR with a high ankle sprain. Uh, he'll be out uh, indefinitely, probably uh, a long while. Looks pretty bad. Um, as we talked about, uh, Dallas Godert was going to miss time, uh, possible IR on a shoulder shoulder injury. Uh, Shaq Leonard, he he um, underwent. Season-ending back surgery today, so he'll be out the rest of the season. Um, Chase Young set to come back this week after missing uh, the first part of the season with you know the, the torn ACL uh, recovery. So that's good for the Washington Commanders defense, which already has a scary front four. So getting him back is is good to see. Uh, the Packers some release uh, some uh, roster news, kind of shocking roster news. They've released two 2021 draft picks. Um, Rogers and Hill. Rogers, I believe, a former Clemson uh, wide receiver, Josh, uh, getting released. So that's kind of interesting to see. Uh, was a punt returner on that team, but it seems like they want to go in a different direction. Um, Eno Benjamin, um, the Rams fantasy star, a few weeks back, he got released as well. Uh, Houston Texans ended up picking him up, uh, so he'll get uh, to play in Houston. Uh, Zach Ertz, he's out for the season with a knee injury, so that's another blow to that Cardinals uh, team that looks, you know, almost dead in the water. Uh, had they not played the Rams this week, I think they would have uh, lost to any other team in the league. Um, Baker Mayfield set to start this week um, after uh, Walker is dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, so we'll see if he can uh, recover from banging his head against uh, all of his offensive linemen's heads <laughs> before he went off the field. What a numbskull, uh, man. As we mentioned, Juju, uh, he's in concussion protocol. Very scary sight to see there. He got absolutely laid out um, in that game. Uh, hopefully he can come back and um, yeah, get in some uh, game action for the rest of, of the year. And a sad news on the Bears front, uh, Khalil Herbert, K. Herbo, he's going to be on IR with a hip injury, uh, so he'll be up for four games. Uh, that's going to drastically change the Bears' offense, I firmly believe. Um, we'll be leaning on David Montgomery, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but uh, it just takes one of our um, just takes one of our three-headed monsters away. So it, it's uh, a very sad thing to see, but. Uh, that was pretty much the most of the news that I see. I don't know if you guys have anything to add. Uh, just injury news, uh, this side of the uh, uh, trade deadline. Um, I think uh, the one thing that I had um, is Deshaun Watson's. I don't know if you said it already, but Deshaun yeah. Watson's practice window is opened. Yeah. Um, and and also, going back to the Saints, uh, they are un uncommitted to a quarterback they said hmm. three and seven i don't know what to really do here with that <laughs> um might open the just... door for uh for Jameis winston to come back 
<laughs> oh boy. Um, we'll definitely see, but um, perfect. Well, we'll get right into the picks. Then we have uh, week 11 starting with the Packers hosting the Titans on Thursday night football Packers favored by three Parker. Yeah, I'm going to take the uh, Packers in this one. I just think that they're going to have a, a roaring uh, season back from, uh, I don't know, they're, they looked pretty good last game. Christian Watson, three touchdowns. I'll take the Packers. Yeah, um, I'm also going to take the Packers in this one. I'll take the Packers minus three as well. How about you, Ron? I will too, um, but be kind of cautious because the Titans are playing good football and they're still in the thick of things. And I'm sure their head coach is going to get them to play well, but I'm, I'm taking the Packers as well. But before we move on to the next game, I just wanted to go over the picks again. Sorry, uh, Parker, you had six last week. Josh, you had seven. Tony, you had nine and I had Let's seven. Go. Well done. Well done, Tony. Um, Thank you. Perfect. Well, moving on. We have the Bears, Parker, traveling to Atlanta, the ATL, to face the Falcons. The Falcons are going to win by three. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to pick the Falcons because I think, I think, holy moly, the uh, line, the, the, um, what are they, the, the over under is 50 and a half points, which oh is crazy God. for a Bears game. So. <laughs> Um, I will take the Falcons to win. Yeah, I know. Uh, at one point, I was big on riding the Falcons because they were, I think, six and zero against the spread to start the season. Uh, they're now six and four. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, four game skid, I guess. Uh, honestly, I, I I like the Bears in this one. I think the Bears can can pull off the upset here. <laughs> yeah, Parker's not going to want to hear this either. I think the Bears are going to win as well. I just, after watching that Thursday game, that the Falcons just don't look like, impressive really at all on offense. Maybe it was just because they were playing Carolina and they just looked out of whack or something. But guys, just, it's the C Clash revenge game. Just think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still talking. Thank you. Uh, I think the Bears will get the win on the road. <laughs> uh, plus three. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny um i don't know man i think regardless of what happens i think uh falcons fans will be happy you know why because they got uh michael vick 2.0 on their field again Ooh. justin fields with the w on the road i'm taking the bears it will be kind of funny to see all those atlanta fans just think they could have had him over who kyle pitts so the that's just Kyle Pitts, who doesn't get uh, thrown to at all when he does the ball sails over his head by 10 yards. Uh, moving on, the Browns will now be traveling to Buffalo um, to face the Bills, and the Bills are eight and a half point favorites at home. I'm sure Buffalo is not happy right now. Parker. Yeah, I would suspect Buffalo has to come back playing better football. I mean, how many mistakes did they make? Uh, leading down in that game uh, in the second half. So, I mean, just a ton of mistakes. So uh, they've got to play better. I think they'll uh, play better against uh, Josh. Is, wait, is is Watson starting or is Josh's favorite quarterback? No, he plays in week 13, so two more weeks after this. Okay, so Josh's favorite quarterback versus Josh Allen. I'll take the Bills in this one. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to take the Bills in this one as well. 
I think I saw a report that said that Buffalo could get an absurd amount of snow uh, leading into this game. So yep. don't really know if that's going to play. That. Don't play – I don't know if that will play too much into it or not. But, yeah, like you would expect the Bills to, to kind of bounce back. Um, I have a, a conspiracy hot take that Josh Allen struggles in uh, – like in bigger games, I don't, I don't know. Like not always. Like I know last year in the uh, Chiefs game, he like he kind of did his thing. But there's been several like close games. You know, he he did it uh, against Miami, uh, against the Jets. Like every game they've lost this year, they've been close games, and he's made bad plays in these close games. So. I don't know. I have like a theory that, like I said, it's hard to say because he, I saw what he did in the playoffs last year, but I don't know. Like I, I saw even on the, like some Bills social media, some fans are saying like, we're getting rookie Josh Allen at times, which is kind of, kind of weird to hear him talk about. Uh, but I don't know. So, I mean, the Bills are definitely still a really good team, but Maybe it's because I'm I'm a division rival fan, but they're they're kind of falling a little bit for me. They're they're almost slipping into that pretenders range for me. I might eat my words on this, but that's that's where I'm at with the Bills. They also have had three uh, three fourths of their All Pro secondary out for like multiple games this season, so that kind of impacts. That probably has something to do with it too. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I believe it's uh, two feet of snow, two to four feet of snow in the Buffalo area this weekend. So that's pretty nuts. Uh, I think I got on a personal note, I think we got about eight inches here today. So that's fantastic. But anyways, uh, yes, I'll take the bills at home as well. I just don't see them uh, losing again, especially against Mr. Brissett. So I'll take bills uh, uh, minus eight and a half. How about you, Ron? Yeah, I'm taking the the bills here. Josh, are you taking the uh, bills to cover by by the way? I got the bill. Uh, just against Jacoby percent. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah, we should see a bunch of snow there, so it should be one of those gritty games. I don't know if it's gonna be as gritty as that uh, game long time ago in Buffalo where they I think they played the Colts and it was Lashawn McCoy in the snow just shooting <laughs> oh. everyone. I don't I don't know if it's gonna be like that, but um, should be a fun one. It was kind of snowing last week too, so. Uh, that's just Buffalo, I guess. Um, Eagles at Colts next. The Philadelphia Eagles are now projected to win by six and a half on the road. The Eagles coming off a loss. The Colts coming off of a, a big win. Barker, um, what happens here? Yeah, I just don't think that the Indianapolis Colts have uh, that kind of talent on their roster right now to keep up with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll take the Eagles in this one. Yeah, I heard on the Pat McAfee show that this is a sellout game. Uh Apparently they expect Indy to kind of be bumping for this one, but I don't know. Like, I mean, sure, Jeff Saturday pulled out a win in his first game, but he went against the Raiders, you know. Like, uh, the Eagles are a completely different team from from the Raiders. So uh, it's almost surprising to me that they're not bigger favorites. But then again, considering the Eagles are on the road, I guess it makes sense, but this is a pretty easy Eagles minus six and a half for me. Agreed. We saw the recipe is to absolutely 
dominate time of possession to keep the Eagles uh, down and out. I think at one point the possession was 30 minutes to about seven and a half minutes in favor of the commanders uh, and uh, on Monday. Crazy to see that. Uh, but I just don't think, yeah, kind of to follow that recipe, I don't see the cold table to like kind of withstand those long, long drives and things like that. So I'll take the Eagles uh, minus six and a half as well. How about you, Ron? Ah. <sighs> I think I'm gonna have to go against you guys on this one. I don't Ooh. know if the Colts are gonna. I don't know if the Colts are gonna win this one, but Josh, yeah. you said they're they're selling out their stadium for this. They're four, five, and one. They're still in the thick of things. They have the running back back from his ankle injury, full force. I think, uh, hopefully, and the Eagles got punched in the mouth um, by Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, and on the ground a ton. Even though I thought they had a good run, running defense, they played well, but they just kept kept getting punched and punched and punched. Um, I think they could get had here um, on the ground and no um, buddy better to do it other than Jonathan Taylor. Um, I'm going to take the Colts here to, with the points um, and see how that goes. <laughs> so it should be a fun game, I think. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have the Jets traveling to New England to, pay, to face the Patriots and the Patriots are favored to win by three at home. Jets coming off of a bye. Parker. Yeah, that's this is an interesting one as well. Uh, the the fact that the Patriots are favored to win, I guess you know they are at home. Um, you know, I'm gonna take the Jets on the road in this one. Cover. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna take the the Patriots in this one to to cover at home. That's maybe the Dolphins' homerism leaking a little bit because. If the Jets win, they technically take first place over the Dolphins on the bye week. So, uh, I guess we'll take the Patriots here. Yep, I'm going to go with the Patriots as well at home. Uh, I've brought it up every time we've, this season, and I'll bring it up again. I just don't think uh, Zach Wilson's going to scare anybody's, uh, anybody's mom. So, I think uh, the Patriots get the job done and uh, – Hand uh, Zach Wilson yet another because I, I don't think he's beaten the Patriots in his career yet. Um, so I think that that slouch continues. I'll take New England. How about you, Aram? Again, I Park, I'm with you on this one. I'm going to take the Jets Ooh. on the road. I think there's always that time for that one. You said uh, Zach Wilson hasn't ever beaten the Patriots. I think this year could be the year because it's kind of been a little bit of a magical year for them. Um, and maybe he gets it done on the road. It would be probably his. Biggest win if he gets it done, but um, yeah. we'll see. Um, next, we have a rematch of a couple of years ago of the NFC Championship game, and it's no longer the same at all. Uh, the Rams visiting the Saints, three and six versus three and seven. The Nolans, Saints are favorite. Nolans. Nolans. <laughs> I said it. I mean, well, what's your prediction, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were accusing me of not saying Nolans. I was like, I said no, it. Dude. You were the first one. I heard you the first um, time. I, this game is like an ugly game um, on the schedule. Depending on, is, is Stafford playing? He's still in protocol, so I would say no. Okay, then I'll take the Saints to win this game. Yeah, this so one's interesting. The cup is out, so. That is yeah. true, yeah. I'm also going to take the Saints minus four, but – just wanted to note this is between the two worst teams against the spread. The uh, the Saints are three and seven. 
technically tied with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the Saints are three and seven and the Rams are two and six and one. So neither team really great against the spread here. Yikes. Yeah, this is just a terrible looking game on paper. I'll take the Saints as well, just because the Rams have so many injuries and they don't look very good. So I'll take the Saints my four. How about you, Ron? Yeah, me too. Um, Saints need to get a win um, to keep their hopes alive. I think they're already dead, but they'll be playing hard. <laughs> um, moving on, we have the Lions coming up with their first uh, road win since the Dan Campbell era begun. Um, they'll be on the road to face the seven and two Giants, who are favored to win by three at home. Kind of a, a low spread here, Parker. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, the Lions won last week to keep um, the belief that. They've got a good team up there. So um, I will take the Giants to uh, win this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm also taking the, the Giants in this one. I will take the Giants as well, minus three. How about you, Ron? I will as well. Um, All right. Moving on, we have probably the biggest spread of the week. We have the Ravens hosting the Panthers. Ravens um, favored to win by 12 points, Parker. Yeah, this one interesting as well. Um, Carolina has been playing there pretty good recently. Um, I think that, that they keep it closer than than that. I, I'll take uh, Panthers plus, tw- plus 12. Yeah, this one's kind of tricky to me, surprisingly. Uh, like, I feel like the Ravens win, but... 12 is kind of a tough number for me. Um, Baker Mayfield is starting, by the way. Right. That might be worse than what's PJ. Yeah, I agree. Uh, man. Um, I, you know what? I'll take I'll take the Panthers plus the 12. I don't know. This one's – I feel like I'm, I'm going to be wishy-washy either way, but I'll I'll take the Panthers to, to keep it close at least. Definitely, I'm feeling you there. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go. I'll I'll take my crazy pick of the week. I think the Ravens win uh, by twelve, so I'll take the Ravens to cover. How about you, Rom? Give me the Ravens by double. Give me the Ravens by twenty-four. I'm taking them at home. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on, we have the Commanders coming off of uh, probably one of the biggest upsets of the year, to be honest. Um, on the road facing the Texans, one seven and one. Right now, uh, the Commanders are favored to win by three. Parker on the road. Yeah, I'm going to take the Commanders in this one. I figured out this that it should should be bigger. Um, actually, uh, I think that they kind of do have like a decent team. Um, honestly, good defense, good solid defense. Um, pretty decent weapons on offense when they when they play. Um, scary, uh, scary Terry McLaurin is a, a good wide receiver. I'll take the Commanders. Yeah, I also like the Commanders in this one. I'll take the Commanders by minus three as well. How about you, Ron? Yeah, me too. Um, they can run the ball, and they can take that on the road, hopefully. Um, next up, we are starting with the 3 o'clock games with the Vikings hosting the Cowboys. And right now, they have Dallas favored to win by one. Parker, what do you think? Yeah, after last week's collapse, I'll take the Vikings. Uh. Kind of surprised. This is, I don't know. I know I said like last week I would start going with whatever made sense on these stinky <laughs> lines, but 
like there's no reason Dallas should be a road favorite in this game. I don't I don't think. Uh, right. Like so I, I mean I'm gonna take the Vikings plus yeah, one. The fact that they're getting points is weird to me to begin with. Again, because it's so stinky, I feel like I'm supposed to go the opposite way of my natural inclination, and I'm supposed to take the Cowboys minus one, but I don't know. I'm going to take the Vikings with with the points here at home. Definitely. It's, it's very close. I mean, the fact that it's one point is uh, definitely – it's almost even. Uh, I think I'll go with the uh, – or Rob's going to like this. I'll go with the Cowboys in this one. I, uh, I, I, don't, I think I'm going to switch mine up too, actually. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, – statistic, um, and you guys might have as well during the uh, Cowboys – Packers game. The uh, Cowboys were, I believe, one eighty-six and zero when they had a <laughs> more lead in the fourth quarter, and they blew that last week. Uh, so I, I think the Cowboys come back with a resurgence. They don't have to worry about the weather. Uh, so I'll take Dallas minus one. <laughs> How about you, Rob? Of course, they blow that stat against the Packers. Their arch nemesis, man. Like, of course that happens, but. Um, right. Tony, I'm with you. The Cowboys are – they kind of got embarrassed in Lambeau. I mean, 28-14, to 14, you would think that they could close the game, but um, Dak Prescott threw two picks to the same player in the end zone, um, and I think they're out for revenge. I think Zeke will be back. They are going to be able to run the ball, and they could surprise Minnesota at home, who could be still on their high of what happened last week. So um, they could come into Minnesota, punch them in the mouth, and uh, leave with a win. Um, and this line is kind of telling me that that um, the betters are thinking the same thing. So um, I'll take Dallas. I'll take them to cover and beat Minnesota um, on the road. So Minnesota better wake up um, because they got Dallas coming to town, who's probably not very happy with uh, what happened in uh, Lambeau Field against Rodgers. But um, moving on, we have the broken Raiders versus the broken Broncos, um, two tales of broken teams. Broncos favored to win by two and a half. Parker. Yeah, this game, ugly as ugly could get. I'll take the Broncos at home. The Raiders are completely imploding. You have Derek Carr crying on the stand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the Broncos as well. Um, maybe they can put up at least 18 points this week and, and pull out a win. Definitely. Yeah, you'd like to see that. I tell you what, the inside of my trash bin looks more attractive than this matchup. I'll take the uh, I'll take the Broncos, though. I, I just think they uh, <laughs> I, I know they're like less worse than the Raiders. So I'll take the Broncos minus two and a half. How about you, wrong? Yeah, it's a crappy game. I, I want to take the Raiders, but they've just been so crappy, man. I mean, just so bad. Um, I, I'm taking the Broncos. You still have a shot at the playoffs, but it's if they lose, it's it's gone. It's over. Um, yeah, I'm taking Denver at home. Um, moving on, I think this was a Sunday night game, but they <laughs> flexed it up. Thank goodness. Um, three and six Steelers hosting the five and four Bengals. They've been good. Um, so uh, Bengals getting four and a half on the road, Parker. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that they didn't flex the Minnesota game there. They probably thought, you know, we don't want to put them in prime time again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we don't want to work in prime time. <laughs> I don't I'll want take, Cooper Rush again. 
<laughs> I'll take the Bengals on the road. <laughs> yeah, I I also like the uh, the Bengals on the road in this one. Agreed. I thought the Steelers had a solid win last week against uh, the Saints, but it is the Saints, and this is the Bengals. Totally different team. I'll take the Bengals minus four and a half. How about you, Rom? Yeah, I mean, they lost to Cincinnati, or sorry, they uh, Cincinnati lost to Pittsburgh week one. Um, Cincinnati is probably not too happy with that. They are division rivals. It's going to be nasty. Um, it's getting colder, but um, I, I want to take Cincinnati. They need to get on this little uh, this kind of range for their for their performances because they didn't start out so hot and they are the defending AFC champions. Um, so they got to really get back on track and it starts with beating a team that they lost to week one. Um, and well, be they didn't have the Mr. They had Mr. Trubisky starting. That's why. <laughs> and I'm seeing, I'm, I'm watching Kenny Pickett. I don't see anything that impressive, to be honest. Maybe I'm not looking into it that that much or that well, but he kind of just looks like a rookie at this point. And I think he could definitely be had, but he could come up with a big performance against a division opponent. Um, but I want to take the, the Bengals on this one. But um, now moving on to the game that is flexed into Sunday night football. We have the Chiefs chart after traveling to the Chargers, the LA Chargers, um, and the Chiefs getting six and a half on the road, Parker. Yeah, the the, the Chargers, uh, I don't know what to make of them. Their quarter, their their quarterback, their coach. Uh, I think Aram, as you've you stated out many times this year, I think it's ever so getting hotter and hotter but we could see a, a, an actual change before the season ends uh if they keep this up and they have a winning record don't they i mean that's crazy they're five and four Whoop-dee-dee. that is crazy that we're talking about a team that's five and four like they're like a three and seven team but um i'll take the chiefs uh, to to cover in this one uh I think the Chargers make it close, but the Chiefs still win. I'll I'll take the uh, Chargers plus six and a half. Yeah, Chargers are six and three against the spread. They are the third best in the league against the spread, so they are pretty good. And meanwhile, Kansas City's under five hundred. Uh, they're four and five against the spread, so I feel like. Numbers kind of say take the Chargers with the points, but uh, again, I don't know. It feels like you never know who is and who isn't going to be playing for this Chargers offense. You know, they've had a a rotating wheel of receivers, it seems, but I'm going to go against the numbers, I guess. I'm going to take the Chiefs to uh, cover the six and a half here. I can see them winning by a touchdown. I'll take the Chiefs as well on the road. I just – I'm not impressed by the Chargers. Uh, I thought they played really solid the first half last week against uh, the 49ers, and then they scored zero points in the second half and really didn't do much on offense. So I And as Josh mentioned, it just seems like every week we, we – I mean, they have good names. They have really good names on their offense, and they just either don't use them or they don't come up big when they need it. So – um, I'll take the Chiefs minus six. How about you, Ron? Yeah, right now, if um, the, the season ended today, the Chargers would not be in a playoff spot. So, I mean, they have to play their best football, and they have not played their best football against the Chiefs. So, um, if they're going to ever have to start playing well against the Chiefs, it's going to have to be this week. But you have Mahomes, you have Kelsey, you have a decent wide receiver core, and you have a good defense. 
I'm taking the Chiefs um, on the road Sunday night football. Um, perfect. Moving on, we have a Mexico City game um, for Monday night football. The Niners will be traveling and the Cardinals will be traveling to Mexico City to play each other. Um, Cardinals technically at home here, um, but the 49ers will be favorited by eight points, Parker. Mexico. Yeah, City. I'm going to go with the 49ers. I have absolutely no trust in the, in the Cardinals this far this season. Yeah, I'll, I'll also like the 49ers to win. That eight feels a little feels large to me, but I don't know. Do we know for sure if Kyler's in or not? I don't know that it'll make much of a difference, but. I would assume he is. Honestly, I think he was close last week. My assumption is he will be. Yeah, but Call of Duty Warzone drops this week. So, like. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> He he um, he was probably out last Sunday. He was probably testing it out. Yeah, I'll get the download ready. I feel like it's a little large, but I'll I'll take the 49ers to to cover the eight. Also, I think shout out to the uh the stat I sent you guys in one of our group chats. Jimmy G ten and two record when throwing zero touchdown passes. Like how about that for a run game and a defense? What a legend. Um, yeah, I'll take the 49ers as well. I just, I, they impressed me a lot more on paper. The Cardinals, as Parker said, I don't really trust them. Um, and that 49ers defense really seems like they're starting to hit their, their stride and, and lockdown. So I'll take the 49ers minus eight. How about you, Rom? Oh man, Mexico city, their fans are just going to be blown away. Not by the, the product on the field, but how handsome Jimmy Garoppolo is. My goodness. He's the <laughs> Best hander offer in the league. He's going to be a stud on Monday night. I'm taking the 49ers. Even all um, the cheerleaders at the basketball games like to go up to uh, to him. That's what I was basing that out of. <laughs> I like how you mentioned that. Um, okay, well, we have, like I said, four teams on a bye. We have that schedule taken care of. Um, Josh, if you want to start off with your fantasy outlook here. Yeah, man, sure. So, uh I think last week was actually one of my my better weeks in terms of uh, predictions. The the duds, I think. I mean, honestly, it was one of my better weeks. I would say in the fact that I was probably close to like fifty fifty on half of my studs were. Yeah, he's got that right. Uh, <laughs> half my stud predictions hit, and half my dud predictions, I'd say, hit normally. They're all studs. They're all studs is what it seems like. So uh, I'd say last week was one of my better weeks. So uh, recapping uh, last week, again, Justin Fields was QB1. Uh, Tua was actually third. Uh, Matt Ryan in his return was actually fourth. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes, they all had over 20. And Ryan Tannehill was actually up there, uh, along with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Kenny Pickett in that 19-ish, 20-ish point range. Uh, going into running backs, uh, finally, Jonathan Taylor, RB1 on the week. Uh, feels long overdue at this point. But uh, Dalvin Cook was actually second. Uh Aaron Jones was third. James Conner was fourth in, I think, his return uh, where he ran Eno Benjamin out of town. Um, Josh Jacobs, just some other names in the top ten. You had Josh Jacobs. I think both Miami running backs were actually in the top ten. 
And then uh, their fullback was like 14th or something like that. He had 14 points. Um, Tony Pollard was also up there along with Dante Foreman. And then that's all I've got for the running back studs going into the wide receivers. Uh, C.D. Lamb was number one on the week uh, with Justin Jefferson at two. Uh, the Christians coming in big at three and four. You had Christian Watson and Christian Kirk. Uh, and then here's a here's an interesting name. Uh, Nick Westbrook Akine. I have no clue. I'm sorry. Uh He's only put up more than five points two times so far this season. He's had four games where he hasn't scored a single point at all. Oh, my God. But he had 28.9 points this past week, and he was wide receiver five. So, uh, no way anybody could predict that. What team does he play for? He's with the Titans. Like, I don't think – Really? I don't think – Uh, and then DeAndre Carter had 16.4, which is like double his average. As far as tight end studs on the week, Cole Komet, tight end one. How about that, huh? Uh, Dalton Schultz was out there along with Jawan Johnson. Uh, Foster Morrow taking over for Darren Waller. Uh, he had a pretty good week. And then uh, some other names at the tight end spot we haven't heard too often. Harrison Bryant and Jordan Aikens uh, with Houston uh, were all in the top ten. Getting into some of the duds, uh, although they pulled off a massive upset, Heineke. uh, I know P.J. Walker, I think he got injured, but uh, P.J. Walker, uh, Andy Dalton, and John Wolford all had under ten points. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, this is great. Those are um, my boys. And then uh, I'd also throw out there that uh, Justin Herbert, he had, a uh, by his standards, a down week, uh, 12 points. Uh, running back duds, Alvin Kamara only had seven points. Uh, DeAndre Swift only had around eight. I have a lingering suspicion that uh, – Swift is uh, playing through injury right now. And then Cord- uh, Cordero Patterson only had three points. So a bit of a surprise there. Uh, going into the wide receivers, while I think the Dolphins running backs were studs, the receivers were kind of duds by their standards. Uh, Waddle only had 10 and Hill only had 15. That's probably two-thirds of their average, I'd say. And then uh, Alan Lazar. He had half of his average as a wide receiver one. Uh, Devo Samuel only had seven. Uh, Chris Olave has been a really good uh, sleeper pick in fantasy this year, but he only had seven. Uh, A.J. Brown didn't even have two points in PPR. He only had 1.7, and he's averaging nearly 17 points a game. So uh, I think that was a, a probably the biggest surprise for me on the week. Uh, well, Second, maybe third behind Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Christian Watson. But uh, following up uh, with the tight end duds on the week, 
uh, Kyle Pitts, I told you guys he put up 19. I'd start him, and he'd put up three points for the next three weeks. He's put up four points for the past two weeks. So, uh, <laughs> close to that one. Uh, George Kittle, the uh, extra lineman for the 49ers, he had 3.1. <laughs> oh, my God. And then uh, I had Greg Dulcich as my like one of my favorite uh, stud picks from last week, and he he done it on me. He only had two. But uh, getting into some of my uh, predictions for uh, this week, uh, as far as quarterbacks, again, these are mostly uh, waiver wire guys that you could probably pick up in your league. Uh, so for the studs, uh, I have Russell Wilson listed. He's only 50% rostered, and he's going against the Raiders. Uh, same thing with Jimmy G. I'd say he has a favorable matchup against the Cardinals. He's rostered 46%. Uh, also, Aaron Rodgers has a relatively decent matchup against the Titans, but he's like 75% rostered. Uh, looking at running backs, so – uh, some more long-term running backs that I would kind of keep an eye on. Uh, number one is Jalen Warren. Uh, I have a lingering suspicion that he's going to maybe not beat out Najee Harris, but they really might split carries pretty evenly. Uh, it seems like they're kind of trending that way already. Uh, Rashad White. I saw a beat reporter for the Bucks said that he expects him to beat out Leonard Fournette. I don't, I don't know about that, but – uh, I do think he could see an uptick in usage. And then uh, Jarek McKinnon, uh, he led the uh, the Chiefs backfield in fantasy points this past week. And all of these guys are rostered like 25% or less. And I think you can get pretty decent value out of them as, as waiver wire pickups. Uh, this week, more specifically, uh, I like Brian Robinson. We saw what they did against the Eagles. They have a, a – a good matchup, I'd say, against the, the Texans, I believe it is. Um, also, uh, Melvin Gordon. And then, depending on injury, uh, I'd say maybe have a look at Gus Edwards. Uh, as far as some wide receivers, uh, similar to how I did the running back, some more long-term guys that you can maybe consider, even though we're halfway through the season. Uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, Nico Collins. Uh, with the Texans, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, DPJ is one of, I think, four or five receivers in the NFL that have had five weeks of 50-plus receiving yards. And then uh, an additional, you know, pickup maybe for this week, I like Michael Gallup. Uh, going into tight ends, I'm still riding with Greg Dulcich. I do think he can have a good week this week. I also like Tyler Conklin. And then I was surprised at how low rostered Cole Komet was, considering he's had multiple weeks as the number one tight end. But uh, Cole Komet and Bob Tanyan, I think, are, are decent options this week. Uh, looking into some duds, dud predictions for the week, I wouldn't expect much out of Haneke. Uh, wouldn't expect much from Jacoby Brissett. Uh, nor would I expect much out of Kenny Pickett. And then uh, Derek Carr either. So, uh Heineke, Brissett, and Pickett, those are all probably waiver wire guys rostered like 20% or less. I think Carr, Carr's rostered maybe in the 50 to 60%. I'm not sure. But if I had Derek Carr, I would consider streaming this week. 
looking at running backs, I only have two on the week. It's uh, Michael Carter and DeAndre Swift. As I mentioned before, I have a lingering suspicion that with as little as they're using him, Jamal Williams is like he's still kind of running back one, even with Swift back, it, it feels like. And so I think Swift might be playing through an injury or they're they're taking it easy on him. So uh, I'm a little hesitant on him. Uh, looking at wide receivers uh, for duds, I'm not benching A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. That Eagles offense is too good. But A.J. Uh, just put up one point. Sorry, what was that? I said I've been benching Devontae Smith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I maybe would bench Smith this week then. Uh, just yeah, well. It it looked like like AJ Brown like had some like something happen with his leg early on in that game. I don't know yeah. if that impacted uh, the way that they used him. Uh, that could very well could have been it then. So that's I mean from a fantasy perspective, obviously something worth keeping an eye on as well then. Um, and then I also have Jacoby Myers. I, I'd probably stream for him this week. Uh, and then Deontay Johnson. Uh, I don't think I would pick him up this week or start him this week. And then Paris Campbell was actually pretty good last week, but uh, he's got a tougher matchup this week, so I'm a little down on him this week. Uh, as far as tight ends, uh, Njoku is one that I've got listed in the duds. He does see a fairly large target share when he plays, but he's coming back off of an injury against the Bills, and I feel like that's uh, – that's a tall ask for, for a player. Um, and then I also have Higby listed. Uh, we know that he's, you know, he possibly dealing with some kind of injured quarterback, you know, with Matt Stafford and everything. So he might have a backup quarterback throwing to him. Plus, according to ESPN, he has the toughest matchup for tight ends against the Saints. So uh, I'd, I'd probably stream or avoid Higby this week, but – that's all I've got for uh that's all I got for this week. Perfect. Nice. Thank you, Josh. Um, well, I would usually like to end the podcast here, but um we just got the rankings um for college football. And I I Josh, I want to take this one. I know I said I wanted to give it to you, but um there's just a couple of things I wanted to do here real quickly. Um I, I wanted to add one more game to the list. Sorry to do this, but um mm. so first let's go uh, over the rankings. Um I just looking at the rankings, Oregon dropped six positions down to 12. Now um, Ole Miss dropped three UCLA dropped four for their loss um, and Tulane dropped four as well. Um, and then there were three teams that were dropped from their rankings entirely. Kentucky at 24, they're dropped Illinois at 21. They were dropped and Texas at 18 were dropped as well. And we welcome in three teams that were not ranked last week. Oklahoma State, Oregon State, and Cincinnati um, into the top 25. Um, and with that being said, I wanted to add one more game, but because it did have an interesting spread, I wanted to add 22 OK State um, traveling to Oklahoma to face uh, the Sooners, and the Sooners were actually favored to win by seven and a half. Um, and 20 uh, Oklahoma State, like I said, they're now 22nd ranked, and the the bet is to have um, OU favored to win by seven and a half. So real quickly, sorry, Parker, um, do you think OU takes this one at home by seven and a half against 22nd ranked OK State? Um, 
I'm going to take OK State at, at home. Uh, OK State's uh, on the road, Parker. Yeah. Oh, on the road then. I thought you said that they're at home, my bad. I'm, I'm taking OK State on the road as well. So. Yeah, this is what we call Bedlam. Uh, great matchup, great rivalry. Uh, I think I'll take OK State as well on the road. I just – I feel like at some point they have to wake up and, like, show that they're still considered, you know, like a a better team, if you will. And Oklahoma, 5-5, five and five, they're just – they're kind of done. So, I'll take – yeah, I'll take Oklahoma State on the road. How about you, Ron? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you guys. So, um, uh, no controversy there. Just wanted to add that one in because the line was just odd. Um, one more thing before I end it off here, I just wanted to go over the playoff. Um, the, what do you call it? The playoff standings, whatever you call it. Georgia at one, oh, um, Ohio state at two, Michigan three, TCU still at four, um, Tennessee five, LSU six and, uh, USC seven. So, um, that's still an interesting playoff bracket. Can't wait for that to be finalized towards the end of the year. But, um, with that being said, thank you very much for watching and listening. Um, please don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, do whatever you want to do. And we will talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Later.